Happy holidays, filthy animals. My name is Josh Nason. Welcome to episode 99, the Gretzky edition of the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time, that being Limitless Wrestling. It's a Christmas week edition of the show, and boy, do we have some stuff to unwrap. We talk the price you pay. We look ahead to January 1st in Worcester, January 22nd in Yarmouth, Maine, including some exclusive announcements on this very show. Year-end awards. We're going to announce the, the categories. We're going to announce the participants who you can vote on and so much more. Man, all kinds of stuff. Joining me, as always, is the owner and the leader of Limitless Wrestling and the man who will sing you a Limitless Wrestling-themed Christmas carol if you pay him $500 on Cameo. It's Randy Carver. Randy, how are you, man? I was going to say for a second, I don't know where you're going, Josh, but uh, the $500 on Cameo, I think I could pull something together. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up. And like you said, we got so much to unwrap here today on the podcast. We took a week off and now uh, we've got the price you pay recap. We got a ton of news for our two upcoming shows in January and they're coming quick. I mean, you said it. We're, we're in Christmas week right now and uh, happy holidays to whatever anyone celebrates out there. But I mean, man, this year in general, but especially this month feels like it's flown right by. It has. And Randy, I will say, I think as many of our fans do, they think of limitless wrestling every single day and especially this time of year. And, and you know why? Why? Lay it on me. So every time I hear this, that uh, Mariah Carey song, the, uh, the really popular one, all I want for Christmas is you. Oh yeah. Every single time I hear that, you know what I think of? What's that? Santa puff. <laughs> okay that's fair man i, I miss santa puff i shit you not man every i just like i just the whole intro and him coming i, I every time i hear that now just he really like comes to mind really quick now yeah, i got nostalgic for uh the days of old how did we not have santa puff a couple weeks ago now i'm kicking myself for that man you gotta talk to the booker i know i know yeah it's it's been a while since puff's been around huh? i think it was the uh closed taping era as part of uh the tag team with Megabyte Ronnie, right? Yeah, it was about almost a year ago as we record this. It was actually like uh, yesterday, I think we celebrated the one-year anniversary of the 2020 Vacation Land Cup, which I think still uh, reigns true as one of the most important events that we've had in Limitless Wrestling, even though it was a closed taping event. But yeah, I think that's the last time that we saw Puff in a Limitless ring. So he's okay. back doing his thing uh, as a singles competitor, and I think we'll definitely have to see him in the mix in 2022. That's right. Santa Puff. Who knows? Maybe next December. But let's uh, let's take a look back again. We have all types of stuff to talk about here. And let's go uh, back to the price you pay. And this was on Friday night, December 10th. If I'm rendering the, the date right, uh, this is a rare Friday show. And this actually, Randy, I, I didn't realize this. I was really reading through uh, some limitless results on LimitlessWrestling.com. I believe this is the very first December show in front of live fans that you've ever had in the history of the promotion. I think you're correct on that because historically I never wanted to run a December show. I was very frightened of it, honestly, because uh, I know that it's like close to Christmas time. I know this is especially when a lot of people like their schedules get busy. They don't have the time to, you know, add in a wrestling show in that month, maybe. But uh, and I had seen actually like other events in the past, you know, when I was uh, working for IWE, they would run every single month. Didn't matter. And usually it was a double shot and December always seemed to struggle. So uh, it was something that I kind of laid off of at first. I didn't really have any ambition early on, especially when we were running every two months, I wasn't going to touch December, but um, I felt pretty confident this year. We've had uh, a boatload of support since returning to live events. I think people are hungry to see limitless events once again. So as long as people keep supporting, we'll keep doing them. We've said that from the very start. So um, we decided to take the chance and run it this December. I think the only other one that we've done was a, I think it was December 1st too. So it was really early in the month, but it was a joint show with Blitzkrieg in Enfield, right. Connecticut. So it wasn't even in Maine. So uh, I think this was the first one, and uh, what a way to do it. Yeah, no kidding. So the price you pay, uh, again, you can watch us. Actually, when can people watch us on IWTV? Coming up pretty soon, right? Yeah, good question. Uh, it's going to be on Monday, December 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern time on IWTV. You can catch the premiere. So a few days before Limitless Worcester, uh, a little less than a month ahead of Cut Loose on January 22nd. So that's going to be your time when you can see it and catch up on everything Limitless. 
Yeah, actually, as uh, we learned today, there's a lot of fans of Limitless outside the area, and we'll talk about that maybe at the end of the show. So the price you pay results, uh, behind the scenes, just kind of overall a good, there was no, uh, you know, it didn't seem to be any cancellations or any kind of major issues, but behind the scenes, everything goes, goes smooth leading up to this? It was quite smooth, honestly, um, and when that happens, usually I expect something to go very wrong that I'm not <laughs> expecting, but yeah. uh, the one thing that I was worried about was, uh, actually two things so it was travel for fans to and from the show and travel for the wrestlers especially who are flying because uh originally at the beginning of the week uh, i wouldn't admit to this at the beginning of the week but my eyes were glued to the weather forecasts they typically are uh when we enter winter show season uh i hate it but it uh it was not looking great at the start of the week and it progressively got better as the week went on so uh, I was able to relax a little bit heading into the show. And then really once everyone was able to get on their flight and in the air with no issue, I knew they were going to be able to get out the next morning with what the forecast looked like from where they were leaving from. So I felt pretty confident. I don't think we were going to run into terrible issues, but just sometimes, I mean, you had Chris Bay who wrestled for new Japan the night before, who is coming in from the West coast. That's always an iffy flight because if you get a delay of any kind, sometimes that's easy enough to miss a connector and there's no way that you're going to make it in on time. So uh, we're always lucky when uh, the stars align and that kind of stuff works out, especially getting guys coast to coast. But uh, that was the major concern for me. Honestly, it was weather heading into it and uh, we made out all right. Knock on wood. So we started out with the open challenge, uh, prestigious Channing Thomas banned from the building. You made that call. Thank uh, God. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. And there was a uh, man, no Alba and no Chang Thomas. So it was a, a good night for fans. It's getting better. Uh, it's getting better each show. <laughs> now maybe we'll slice off BRG next time. And then Mac Daniels gone by February. I can see how this goes. That's right. So Mac Daniels and BRG coming out. And uh, obviously they're waiting to see who's going to face them. And all of a sudden, you know, one of the most popular teams, I think, of this uh, second half of this year since they've been doing their thing in Limitless Wrestling, Waves and Curls. Came out to the uh, adoring faithful in Yarmouth, Maine. Ways and Curls picking up the uh, the victory here, uh, saying prestigious, uh, you know, another defeat, uh, much to their dismay. Afterwards, you know, uh, young fans up on the shoulders. Ways and Curls, all the fans love them. Great way to open up the the show. And yeah, I mean, prestigious just uh, continues to struggle with, without Alba. Maybe you know, Channing Thomas being banned, that may have bothered him a them a little bit. But yeah, Ways and Curls picking up the win and uh, looking strong going into Limitless in 2022. Yes, they are. That's two straight wins in tag team competition for them. Uh, definitely heading into the next year on the right foot. And I mean, hey, here, here's the realness of it. We wanted to see what prestigious could do in a fair environment. Mac Daniels and BRG laying this challenge out there. We saw what happened with Channing Thomas in the match with Jigsaw in November. Constant interference. So, I mean, let's, you know, prove what you say you can do. Hang in a tag team match against one of the top teams in the area. And I do want to point out as well a little sidebar here. Uh, Waves and Curls, as well as the main event and MSP, are up in the running for the IWTV year-end awards for Tag Team of the Year in independent wrestling, which is really cool. Uh, a lot of familiar faces and Limitless on that list. So if you're an IWTV subscriber, you can head over, put your votes in. Uh, but Waves and Curls, I mean, a, a fantastic year. You can't take anything away from them. And now they're picking up steam and actually having some success in tag team action in Limitless. So we're going to see them at Restival, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And I think we'll be seeing a lot of them in 2022 in Limitless Wrestling, especially if they can keep the momentum rolling. What do you think Prestigious does for the holidays? I'm picturing something that uh, very smug, uh, obviously coming off a loss, probably not that happy, a lot of Zoom calls probably with John Alba. I just picture some bad sweaters, sipping some eggnog, not even anything you know in it, uh, alcoholic-wise or anything, just uh, carrots, celery, things like that. What, what do you think Prestigious does for the holidays? I feel like John Alba is uh, the random maybe a little creepy gentleman who hangs out by the Santa exhibit at the mall. Um, okay. I don't know what prestigious does in their uh, spare time. I don't really like to know because every time we see these zoom calls, it gets more obnoxious each time. So mm. I'm not sure. A couple of Grinches in there for sure. I'm sure. Speaking of a Grinch, Charles Mason up next in the uh, second match of the evening, taking on former limitless world champion, two time, two time, two time limitless world champion, Anthony green. And, I, I texted you this afterwards. We we're talking about the card. I'm I'm not used to seeing AG this early in a show. It has to be in like a couple of years at least that he's been this early on a limitless show. 
But he uh, taking on Charles Mason. Uh, Charles trying to tweak Anthony a bit by saying that he was he indeed was Ava Ava's uh, favorite tag team partner, which uh, AG didn't take too kindly to. And AG picking up the win here off a sunset flip of all things, thanks to Limitless's own Eric Greenleaf, the referee, kicking the hands of Charles Mason as he was grabbing the ropes and. And uh, yeah, you'd, uh, Charles Mason was you know, giving Greenleaf the business during the match or what have you. But AG picking up a win. This is his, uh, his first since uh, losing the Limitless title and looking to get back on, uh, on the winning track. We hear a little bit more from him later. But yeah, Anthony Green picking up the win. Yeah, and I think he needed it. He needed a bounce back victory here. And, you know, tough for Charles Mason, who was really taking a step up in competition. He got, I think, what a lot of people considered a surprise victory over Big Beef a month prior, and that's what set him up in this position. And unfortunately for Charles, he wasn't able to capitalize, and it almost seems like his vices, you know, getting in the way. He's trying to push the referee a little too far, and you can only do so much, you know, until a referee is going to reach their tipping point. And I think he got there with referee Eric Greenleaf. Uh, obviously, uh, using the ropes maybe one too many times, and Anthony Green off a sunset flip, like you said, able to pull out the victory. And uh, we saw some chaos after that too, Josh. Big Beef, unannounced, was not supposed to be there, not booked on the card. He's out there to save Rich Palladino, who was in a very bad position as Charles Mason had him backed in a corner. And we saw Beef roll out there with a – once again, a dog collar in hand, but this time it wasn't just the dog collar that Charles Mason used to goad Big Beef. It was a dog collar connected to a steel chain with another dog collar on the end that we all assume and we found out later was for sure for Charles Mason. He tried to lock him on there, but Charles able to slither away and the challenge was laid out. Big Beef, Charles Mason, they're going to end this thing January 22nd at Cut Loose in a dog collar match. So, uh, you reap what you sow, Charles Mason. That's all I got to say. Yeah, like you mentioned, Charles Mason, after the victory, was forlorn in the ring, put his hands on Paladino, and yeah, it led to uh, the chaos after that. So we're going to see that, and we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes. One note, Randy, I don't know if you were able to see this from your uh, your vantage point, but the A above the bar area, every time Mason was uh, was stomping for whatever reason, I don't know if fans were clapping at the same time, the lights were blinking on and off in coordination with the stomps. Did you see that? I did not see that. No, it, it. I think it only did it for a little bit, but it was because I, I, I was across the way, and I just noticed this. And the people that did see it thought it was pretty funny. So for those people in the crowd, uh, that was kind of one of those random, like uh, just kind of like random things. And uh, yeah, it was kind of like cool, like a coordinated light show. It was. Uh, it was kind of funny there. I'm gonna have to check uh, that out. You never know what happens at a limitless show, Randy. I don't know if you know that or not. I don't know. I certainly don't know everything that happens. <laughs> And that's probably for the best at some points. Uh, going on to the next match, this was an interesting one going into it to uh, to a limitless best talents and uh, female talents and Becca and Davian, sometimes friends, sometimes frenemies. This one coming to fruition after uh, the uh, Becca match with Brad Cashew, where Davian tried to help out her friend and ended up uh, kind of working against them in this match made for December 10th. Becca picking up the big win over Davian. Uh, it was a, a big after the uh, the disco kick, I believe, was the uh, was the finisher. This was day, uh, she actually hit, I believe, the uh, Davy and your life on Davy and this was a this is a back and forth match. And really kind of the, the, the tides turned with a, a big super kick that uh, that Becca hit. But in the end, she was able to uh, to pick up the victory and she moves on to, again, hopefully bigger, better things. Even in 2022, she's had a fantastic 2021. And this was uh, this was another big win. Yeah, huge win for Becca. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the Davian, your life to Davian. I don't think I've ever seen someone pull that shit on Davy. So Becca able to pull out the victory here. And uh, just like Waves and Curls we were talking about earlier, I think it's huge to go into the next year with momentum. And Becca's really been building it for quite some time. I think the Brad Cashew match was a bump in the road, but she was able to overcome Davian here, which is something that you know she has done before, but I think. Davy N truly went into this match believing that Becca could not do it again. And I think Becca really proved that she can hang with anybody in this locker room, even the best uh, female wrestler, female athlete in the Northeast like Davy N. Uh, it was very impressive from both of them. I mean, Davy N has so much fight, but I think this just came down to scouting. And there's, there's so much tape that you can study 
about Davian. And I, I got to think that Becca going into this match knew that she had to up her game and maybe change her game a little bit to get by Davian, who's virtually seen her every move in pro wrestling so far. So uh, congrats to Becca. Big win moving into 2022. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Davian from here because I have to assume it's going to light a fire under her ass to get back to a big point where she can get maybe another shot at Becca or just continue to move herself up the ladder for a championship opportunity. But uh, again, uh, like Becca earlier this year, a couple bumps in the road for Davian on the way. Yeah. I need to correct myself. Becca won with a, uh, actually submitted Davian of all things, kind of like, again, even further, maybe laying her fire. It was like a uh, reverse Indian death lock with a, a chin lock, a bridging chin lock. I can't remember what the name of the movie is. Muda lock. The Muda lock. You're right. Yes. Yeah, submitting her. So, yeah, Davian, I'm sure not that happy. A couple other notes I had. Uh, Becca coming out with a, a new look, sporing some red hair. So, a little bit different there. And also, a match that maybe, Randy, someday you might be able to book. I want to see Davian versus Jordan Grace in a Limitless Wrestling ring. Do we think we'd make that happen someday? I think we could. I think we could. Jordan Grace is doing select indies, I believe. So, I maybe think that'd someday. be a lot of fun. Yeah. I do too. Uh, then this mess. So this was really interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, the unit, the the newly named unit, I guess, when it comes to to limitless uh, canon, uh, Ace Romero and JT Dunn taking on Iron Beast, the team of KTB and Shane Mercer. And we had talked about this going into this. This was going to be like power versus power, and that Ace wasn't going to be able to throw these guys around. This was a uh, this was a fight. This was a meaty men slapping meat, as a as a guy I know likes to say. And uh, Ace Romero coming out to brand new music. He has a uh, big boy season merch now. And the fan, we'll, we'll talk about the promo afterwards, but the fans seem to be okay with uh, this is, you know, the first appearance for Ace after he turned uh, on Alec Price last time. And this was, uh, yeah, this was kind of just a, a brand new thing. This was, these are very impressive moves. I think even if you watch this match live, go back and watch it again. Uh, Mercer. As you talked about, just insanely strong, this incredible fallaway slam on Ace Romero. There was a big power bomb spot on the mic. This was uh, or a power bomb spot, rather. This was uh, this was uh, this was this was power on power, and the unit Ace and JT Dunn picking out the victory. Man, uh, this was an experience to to just witness <laughs> live. I mean, uh, yeah, Mercer's a tank. Uh, I have never seen someone manhandle Ace Romero like that in in a long time, if ever. I don't know if I have uh, the agility of KTB as well off the charts. That dude was doing some wild shit. And uh, honestly, like uh, an incredible debut for Iron Beast as a tag team. Uh, take nothing away, even though they lost in this matchup. But uh, yeah, a, a totally new vibe to Romero and done even with a lot more swagger now that he's got, you know, a uh, one, of, one of the most successful wrestlers in Limitless on his side, one of the building blocks. I mean, I'm sure that does instill some confidence, but uh, yeah, a totally new feel to Romero and Dunn here, and they work well as a team. They cut off the ring. They uh, they really put KTB and Mercer through it, and they were able to capitalize when they needed to and walk out victorious. So Ace and JT, a statement victory, and then a statement on the microphone after. What do you think of that, Josh? Uh, I loved it. I thought this was what was needed because the fans, obviously, they were, they were really into Romero. Uh, again, he's the hometown guy. I think those... Those loyalties die hard. However, he got on the mic after the match and delivered what I thought was uh, one of his best promos that I've heard him do, uh, especially in front of a live crowd. But he was, uh, again, to think of, of the promo that he did back at the um, Patience is a Virtue show, or the return show, rather, in June, when he was such a baby face and, and people beloved him as the first guy out there to what happened now. I mean, just basically ripping on the fans, ripping on you, ripping on the promotion. You know, and then uh, JT Dunn just was, he was very animated. You mentioned, you know, he's more confident. He, he, his body language was different. He seemed to get his swagger back a bit more. And he's kind of the, the Pied Piper in a sense, kind of pushing uh, Romero along and calling out Alec Price. And lo and behold, Alec Price came from the opposite direction uh, of the, of the arena, came in, attacked the guys, and then started getting beaten down himself. And then uh, AG, the former, the former champion himself comes out, and then we get a we get a challenge for uh, for the next uh, the next event here coming up in January. Ag and Alec Price against Romero and Dunn. The challenge was thrown down. I I don't know if it's going to be accepted. Maybe you can tell us that. But this was a this was a chaotic segment to say the least. 
Oh, yeah, we can confirm that matchup is happening. So it will be Alec Price and Anthony Green against Ace Romero and JT Dunn January 22nd. I think it needs to happen at this point. I mean, uh, it's not like Anthony Green was removed from the situation. He was actually the first man down when JT Dunn made the jump after Alec won the title. So he's tied right in the middle of this situation. And obviously, Alec Price, I can't blame the guy, uh, wanted to get his shots on Ace Romero and JT Dunn, if he could, for ruining his moment, spoiling the title win in front of his family who traveled up to see it. It was just a moment taken away. And uh, I, I obviously didn't think that was going to sit well with Alec Price. He made it known on the microphone as well, laid the challenge down, and we're going to see that match happening January 22nd. So uh, you can count on it. And it's interesting, you know, Alec has to, he's choosing to trust AG. And he seems to be into it, but in the back of you know Anthony Green's mind, he looks over and he sees Ant, uh, Alec Price still has the title he wants. You know, so this is going to be an interesting pairing to say the least, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a fun match for the twenty second. And that leads us into our next match, and in a bit of a surprise, uh, you know, limitless locker room. You always have to be ready to go and hit that curtain when it's time. Alec Price said, "Screw it, let's just do this match right now." Calling out Chris Bay. And this was uh, this was one of my favorite matches in Limitless of the whole year. This was awesome. Uh, it can't even go really move for move. Just it was it was sensational for those people that saw it live. They know there was uh, it was just great. It was absolutely great. Alec Price picking up the victory after hitting the surprise kick. Chris Bay was everything as advertised and went move for move with uh, with Alec Price. Uh, fans chanting, "Please come back after the match." And Alec Price is uh, his first title defense, and this was a memorable one. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And uh, this is his first one in front of a limitless crowd. He did defend in Texas right. uh, a few weeks prior. But um, first one in front of a limitless crowd, and what a way to do it. Chris Bay, like you said, everything is advertised. Uh, dude's incredible inside the ring. Just moves with such a fluidity that I have not seen in quite a long time. And uh, it's crazy that this dude's not a bigger star, you know, after after watching it. Not that he's not, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. I'm shocked that he is not in a higher position. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's it's, it's that he's he's so freaking talented that he should be at the top of impact right now, to be honest. Yeah, he should be. I, in the, I mean, he should be in the mix for sure. I mean, you you see him in this this environment as, as we do. There's there's nobody that saw that live. That was walking out of there thinking, oh, that guy is like a second tier guy. Like he won't be a, a big star. That guy, he's got it. I mean, he went toe to toe with with Alec Price in the Limitless Champion. He go toe to toe with anyone on the roster. He's so good. Hell of a match. Uh, bring that match to the West Coast, somebody. Um, but I mean, awesome stuff. Alec able to retain, and, and and now you know this. It's a proving ground for him with these matches. You know, can he hang at the very top level? I mean, you, you keep taking steps up in competition because. You're going to get thrown some of the best wrestlers in the world sometimes. I mean, he's got another on his hands at Restival. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But uh, awesome title defense here for Alec Price, able to walk out with the championship and uh, able to move on to Restival. That's right. And I do I do have a, a small bone to pick with you, Randy, even though I love you. Uh, uh, lay it on me. On the last show, and I know you can take this because this, this is an easy one. Uh, so on the last show we did, we'll take fans behind the scenes. I was talking about how this was a world title match, or this is going to be for the belt. And he, and he said, oh, well, I don't think it's going to be for the belt. Uh, and we actually cut that part out of the podcast. I had that whole soliloquy about Boston champions and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I hear, this is for the Limitless Wrestling World title. I'm like, what is going on here? Unbelievable. <laughs> you swerved me, Randy. You swerved me. Hey, when the champ comes and when the champ wants to defend the title, we're not going to not have a title defense. You know what I mean? So I see. Okay. We made it happen. Uh, I, Alex, a fighting <laughs> champion. And I, I honestly think uh, a lot of the banter between him and Ace Romero on Twitter got him fired up because, you know, Ace was, you know, kind of shitting on him a little bit for not defending the title. So there we go. I think you, I think he had a bone to pick with uh, Ace Romero and JT and wanted to prove something to them. So he put the title on the line here and was confident heading in against Chris Bay. That's right. All right. Good explanation there. Uh, during the, uh, during the intermission, of course, I just kind of walk around, observe, say hi to people, got, got to meet uh, Johnny Miyagi himself, Johnny Torres, got to say hi to you and, and all that during the show as well. And uh, one of the fun things I noticed during the admission uh, in admission intermission was art and the main event having a, Essentially, standing on opposite chairs on the opposite side of the ring as they were trying to sell merch, 
and basically jawing at each other almost the entire time. And they, of course, oh they were going to wrestle later in the night. I just thought that was kind of a, a cool thing. I like when uh, I like when that spills over into the intermission. They're both trying to do their thing, but they're going to compete later that night, so they didn't want to give each other an inch. I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, everyone seemed to be having fun during the intermission. A lot of uh, everyone selling merch, selling shirts, lines everywhere, and all that stuff. So yeah, people seem to be getting into it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, intermission, like our intermission now compared to what it used to be, is so much longer. But I think it has to be because our fans are so interactive with the wrestlers. They want to say hello, get an eight by 10, a picture, a t-shirt, whatever it may be. So uh, we've really extended it. I feel like uh, another, I don't know, five or 10 minutes from what it used to be. We're running on JD Drake time all the time with intermission. So uh, if I cut it too short, he's quitting before he wrestles. So, you know, I, I can't do that. So I hear you. Um, no, but it's, uh, it's great. We have uh, from everything that I hear from the wrestlers, we have a very supportive fan base, which is, that's super awesome to hear. And it's very refreshing for the wrestlers because not every fan base is, uh, you know, so uh, receptive to even new wrestlers or wrestlers who have been there a long time, who maybe drop some new piece of merchandise or just, I don't know, people who just want to say, Hey, it's a very, uh, very nice community that's been built. Definitely. Uh, and also uh, someone else on, someone on this call right now has actually, I, I took a picture of them with somebody else. Remember oh, no that? way. You remember that guy came up to the the booth and he wanted to take a picture of you and try to get try to do a selfie. I'm like, I'll take that. Picture. Oh my gosh! That? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy, I, I told him, your Christmas cards are all set. They're perfect. So <laughs> you the, got it. Send me the royalties. Uh, after the intermission, this was uh, this is another fun match. Uh, match Rip Bison. One of uh, if there was a most improved award, I would, I, I probably have to give it to Bison. He's just he continues to be entertaining and you continue to put him in there with. Uh, some of the best out there, and Matt Taven, no uh, no stranger there, is making his uh, Limitless Wrestling uh, debut, uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion at the time, and Rip Bison picking up a win over Matt Taven. Matt Taven, uh, you know, this this action, as most Rip Bison matches do, spilled all over the uh, the ring, and you know, Matt Taven a couple times saying to the crowd, like, this guy is crazy, thought this was going to be an easy night, and uh, it was not for Matt Taven. And Rip Bison picking up the big victory, and this was uh, this was a fun match, great match for after the intermission. Yeah, and I was I was interested at the kind of clash of styles we were going to see here, but uh, Matt Taven can just kind of flow with anything, and he he could bring the fight to Rip Bison. I was kind of surprised at how much of this match was a fight on the floor because uh, honestly, I was thinking the the strategy for Taven would be to keep this thing in the ring and not go where Rip Bison feels most comfortable, but. For the most part, Taven was giving it to him, and then Taven with an insane dive over the top rope onto Ripper. Uh, awesome to have Taven in the house. Been a while since he's wrestled in Maine. Um, and just a really fun match to test Rip Bison, too, because he's another guy. I mean, we, we've talked about it with a few people on this card, but we're really kind of seeing uh, the you know 2020-2021 generation of Limitless Wrestling take that step up in competition, and now they're getting these big matches, and they're able to hang. And not only are they able to hang, they're able to win some of these matches too. So very cool to see, and I, I think Rip Bison really pushing uh, that next generation forward in Limitless Wrestling. Yeah, Taven, uh, kind of looking at him, he's uh, he's such, he's like the typical I would say typical in a bad way. Like he's he's what I think when I think of a pro wrestler, his gear is tight. His uh tight in terms of, like looks good. It's not like it just he has a good tan. He just he like he looks like he looks like he really gives a shit about this and he and he can actually work. I'm interested to see kind of how things end up for him in the year ahead, obviously, with Ring of Honor. Uh this is always a dangerous match for him to take because he was defending the ROH tag team titles the next night. And I'm sure he was feeling some of those uh those bison uh, bison bombs uh against him. But Taven's uh I don't know what he's like to, to deal with backstage, but he uh he seemed to bring it and I think it was uh, people wanted to see him back. He's awesome. No, he he also did a seminar earlier in the day with some of our students and some folks around the Northeast and uh, really good reviews from everyone who participated as well. So uh, he's awesome, man. He trained uh, a good amount of the roster at this point as well. I'd say a little chunk of the roster that he's had a hand in training. I'm thinking of four or five off the top of my head, but yeah. Um, just, yeah, a really good dude to have in the locker room. And I think next year you're going to see him back. Yeah, I say good credit to you too for bringing guys in that the fans immediately are chanting like "Please come back," and they do it in like a real way, not just kind of a fight forever way. You know what I mean? Right. People were really, sure. in, and they can tell. You know, they can tell, and I think they were uh, they were excited to see Matt Taven back. As are we. Uh, next match coming up, we just uh, allude to this Art taking on the Circus Ninjas. This was 
this was a lot of fun as well. Uh, Art picking up the the victory here. So uh, some good things ahead for them. Uh, you know, good momentum going into 2022. Uh, one note I had during this match, it looked like uh, looked like Jay hurt his his ankle, may have rolled or something like that, because he he was he was walking really gingerly on it. But he did this was early in the match, but he didn't stop working. He was still doing his spots. He was still uh, still doing everything that he could and didn't slow down. But you can definitely tell. His, uh, his ankle was hurt. Anything on that? Yeah, so I almost think it was when uh, Art, when he was going for the uh, the handspring off the ropes into, I believe, a kick, and I think they caught him on the ropes, and I think something happened with his knee right there. Oh, okay. Um, because it was, it was really from that point on, at least from what I realized when watching it, but I think it was from that point on he was favoring the knee. So um, I really like the circus ninjas together. I love the main event as a tag team either way. Um, super fun to have. And I, this was a really fun match. I mean, I, I think it definitely uh, hindered the circus ninjas to have Jay Lyon kind of down for the count there, but they made do. Uh, Art needed this victory, man. Both teams did, of course, but I, I think people were really starting to see through art before it even got off the ground. And I think this is a solidifier for them to keep moving forward and limitless. The last thing Everett needs is some confidence and, uh, and, and some more to add to her cockiness, I guess you could say, right? <laughs> yeah, certainly. We'll be hearing about it. <laughs> uh, going on to uh, the comes the co-main event of the night in a lot of ways that are second from the top, uh, dirty Dango making his in-ring debut uh, in uh, limitless uh, taking on, Brad Cashew, and this came during the 31-second challenge. Brad Cashew looking around the crowd, and who did he see but former WWE star Palmer Cannon, a.k.a. Brian Black. There was a little EWA reunion there, Randy. There was a My Brian, goodness, yeah. Dr. Everett Payne, there, Adam Booker was there, Brian Black, a.k.a., uh, again, Brian Black, um, Palmer Cannon. Of course, myself was there. Mike Labby was there. So I don't know, Randy. Could be a little invasion angle. I don't know. You know, we'll Philip just... Lane was there too. That, that's um, right, dude. It was yeah. It was just pretty cool. Honestly, for me, like a longtime main wrestling fan, pretty cool. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Brad Cashew, thirty-one second challenge. Of course, Dirty Dango came out, and part part of the challenge it turned into a push-up challenge uh, in in to name state capitals. And Brad Cashew, of course, very smart with his. BU education and uh, naming off all these different state capitals and challenging Dirty Dango is Dirty Dango's time to do it. And Dirty Dango chanted Augusta, Augusta, Augusta. And people absolutely ate it up. Of course, it enraged Brad Cashew. In the end, Dirty Dango picking up a, uh, a rather quick victory over uh, Brad Cashew. And yeah, another victory in Limitless for Dirty Dango. Yeah, 2-0. and oh, Good start for Dirty Dango. Uh, we're going to talk about it later, but he's back in action January 22nd in Yarmouth. So, uh, man, I mean, j just like anybody else, wins are going to move you up the ladder. So uh, I think we got to turn it up here for Dirty Dango heading into next year. Mm. And then finally, the main event of the night, the trilogy, two out of three falls, MSP taking on the Workhorseman with J.D. Drake coming out in a Christmas sweater. And that's another image that's perfect for your Christmas cards and so on. But this was uh, this is another solid match and uh, workhorseman uh, picking up a quick uh, fall early on MSP playing for uh, playing from behind and obviously not wanting to get that second one to get out of there quick. But in the end, MSP picking up the victory, winning the trilogy, getting the respect of the workhorseman uh, after the match and sending the fans home happy and MSP victorious in the trilogy. Yeah. What a match. Um, if, you know, the, the one that we saw in September of this year was any indication, I think we knew that DK and Agro were in for a long night, but I certainly didn't expect, I think, a fall within the first two minutes or so, and then just absolutely destroying Agro and Danger Kid throughout that second fall. I don't know. I'm a borderline uncomfortable at a certain point because it you was knew, brutal, man. It was you brutal. Knew, the kicks and chops. Yeah. Yeah. Nasty. And you knew what aggro is going through being, you know, not a hundred percent going into this match as it was danger kid really had to endure and they were able to pull it off. And I think, uh, you know, similar to the Becca Davy end match, I think a lot of scouting has to go into something like this because this is really the first time that we saw numerous, reversals to the big time offense that the workhorsemen are typically able to hit on MSP. So I think that now, you know, they've gone through it, the trials and tribulations, and now they're, they're finally at a point where they could see that coming 
from and, and have that split second decision making that they didn't have before to actually have something make a difference there. So they were able to pull it off. MSP, a huge victory to cap off what's been honestly, uh, you know, despite some major losses that I, I think stick with them to today an awesome 2021 in limitless wrestling, a very successful 2021 in limitless wrestling and not just here everywhere. And I mean, that's evident by all the love they've been getting online lately. And uh, they, they were cracked the, uh, the tag team 50, as we talked about. And uh, just, I mean, it's been an amazing year for them and I'm glad that uh, they've kind of found something that stuck for them. And they really kind of, I think now realize who they are and what they want to do heading into the next year. Exactly. Yep. That wraps up. Uh, the price you pay and be able to see it on Monday on IWTV. If you're not a subscriber, use the code limitless helps out the promotion. You see all types of archive shows, the road, uh, basically every single event from this year, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about with the uh, year in events and uh, all that good stuff as well. Randy, the only other bone I had to pick with you two in one show. Imagine that was uh, rich Paladina asked you anything else to plug Randy. No, <laughs> no mention of the podcast. Unbelievable. Hey, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna deflect to Troy Nelson because uh I was scatterbrained having to do commentary last minute because he couldn't make it. So yeah. I'm throwing I'm throwing that heat on top shelf, but I will have I will have that in Rich Paladino's rundown to let people know about the podcast next time. Unbelievable. Pass the buck, Carver. Jeez, what a that's, hey, that's, I'm doing it this time. <laughs> All right. Well, looking ahead to uh future events, let's talk about January. First, we talked about in this podcast quite a bit, Limitless Wrestling making their debut in Massachusetts. And not just Massachusetts, but the famed White Eagle Hall in Worcester, Massachusetts. 8 p.m. doors, January 1st, 9 p.m. start time. This is an event with uh, all types of other promotions, but Limitless Show starts at uh, at 9 p.m. Uh, this card, I'll go over this real quick, Randy. I'll kick it over to you. It's going to stream live on IWTV, so if you can't make it for whatever reason, you can watch it live. For the Limitless Wrestling World Championship, Alec Price taking on J.D. Drake. If you know either guy, you know that's going to be great. First time ever. Look at this. Masha, Masha Slamovich versus Rip Bison. Talk about hard hitting. There you go. Singles showdown. Ashley Box taking on Jody Threat. And exclusive to the podcast, Randy. I love this. I love exclusives. Art taking on Waves and Curls plus a mystery partner. We'll hear more about that soon. MSP on the card, Anthony Green, Becca, and all types of other stuff. Randy, what else should people know about the show? So I do have one announcement that I want to get out there on the podcast. Um, probably by the time you're listening, it is already out there. But uh, we are unfortunately not going to be able to have Blackwood on January 1st in Worcester. Uh, he has been added to our January 22nd card in Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, honestly, a lot of logistics with travel issues on this one because – uh, with it being the holiday season, and there's just not a ton of options to get him from LAX into the Boston area uh, on the first at this point. So uh, logistically, without a hell travel day for him, I don't think it's going to work out. So uh, we decided we'll uh, bring him back in for January 22nd in Yarmouth. I'm sure our main fan is going to be stoked about that anyway, because I know not everybody's making it down to Worcester. But Anthony Henry will still be in action on the card. Uh, we'll have a new match announced for him in the coming days, but no Blackwood on the 1st. He'll be there on the 22nd in Yarmouth. Tickets, as you said, available on shopiwtv.com. And not only can you get the $20 GA tickets, but also available as group tickets for every single event of the weekend. Numerous promotions, including Beyond Wrestling, Blitzkrieg Pro, H2O, Action, Sup Wrestling, uh, Pizza Party Pro, it's going to be a lot of fun all weekend. Uh, we're there Saturday night, 8 p.m. doors, 9 p.m. start at the White Eagle. And uh, just stay tuned for more announcements. We're going to have a few more match announcements and talent announcements in the coming days. And probably within the next, uh, I don't know, week or so, we'll have that card fully out there for everyone to see. So, uh, again, tickets shop IWTV.com or you can watch live on IWTV. Yeah, I should have named uh, it said it was Restable. Restable is actually what it's called for January. January 1st, and then, Randy, actually, before I forget, uh, Kevin Blackwood had uh, another big announcement recently, uh, part of BOLA B for PWG. That's a big spot for him. Yeah, that's him and Daniel Garcia this yes. year, which is just super cool. There was a post about it where uh, they shared the picture of Kevin and Dan in the hospital after the car accident a few years ago, and just 
how far they've come and, uh, you know, they've taken different steps to better themselves and change themselves over time. And of course, Dan working with AEW now, Kevin moved himself to the West coast and is now LA based and, uh, it's really picked up for him out there. So it's, it's been great for both guys. And I, I'm very happy to see that they're involved with that. So you mentioned January 22nd, it was announced at the show, the name cut loose. Everyone has to cut loose. January 22nd, the Yarmouth Ambets in Yarmouth, Maine. Tickets are likely on sale by the time you listen to this now, correct? Yeah, I would say so. Unless uh, unless we get this up on Monday, which we're recording on Monday, um, probably by the time that you listen to this, they're on sale on LimitlessWrestling.com slash tickets. They go on sale Monday night at 7 p.m. All right. Well, as we mentioned, Ken Black was on that show. You mentioned Dirty Dango's on that show. World champion Alec Price and former world champion Anthony Green teaming up to take on Ace Romero and JT Dunn. The dog collar match, must see, Big Beef taking on Charles Mason. And the return of AEW's Bear Country. These big boys are going to be back in action in January 22nd at the Yarmouth Anvets. And also making her debut, someone that has been on uh, AEW Dark before, High Ann uh, making her debut. What do people uh, tell her about her? Yeah, the Renaissance woman, Booker T trained, world traveled, and making her limitless debut on the 22nd. There's uh, a ton of matches of her if you want to get familiar on YouTube uh, from the United Kingdom, from Reality of Wrestling, which is Booker T's promotion, from AAW as well. Uh, I think one of the top female athletes in the game right now, and I'm excited to bring her into Limitless finally. So January 22nd, she makes her debut. And I mentioned Dirty Dangle on that show. Tickets on sale now. And uh, get them quick, as always. So, Randy, I think we flip to the year-end awards. So this is the first time ever people are going to be hearing the candidates. And then episode 100, believe that, 100, is going to be a special edition where we talk uh, talk with the winners and talk about the winners, rather. So uh, tell people how they can vote and, uh, and all that. Yeah, so uh, I do want to throw out there that we're not going to throw this up online immediately. We're going to let you listen to it. And if you have any like burning uh, candidates that you want to put in and that you think should be nominated for a particular category, let us know. And uh, we'll certainly take it into consideration. But I think we're going to put the pod out. We're going to let a few days go by, see what people think of the candidates. And then we're going to throw it up on LimitlessWrestling.com, a poll, just as we've done in years prior. And you'll be able to fill out your winner's for all these categories, which we're going to go over right now. So uh, be looking for that on socials at LW main on Twitter, limitless wrestling on Instagram, facebook.com slash limitless wrestling. We'll have it all over the place. Sounds good. And uh, yes, yeah, so let's start with it. Wrestler of the year. Your candidates are Ace Romero, current LW world champion, Alec price, former champion, Danny Garcia, the one and only JD Drake, and also Kevin Blackwood, Randy, that's a hell of a top five. It's a really strong category. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, it, I mean, it's all opinion based, but I'm, I'm super interested to see who people believe has had the best year in limitless wrestling. Yeah. A couple of mine, uh, actually this is most of mine on this list. Uh, I had Rip Bison and Becca also in my top five as well. Uh, I think this, the best thing, I think, you know, when you have a, a good thing going is when these things are hard to choose, you know, it's like, you're kind of looking through, it's like, I can, just by this person, this person, this person. I had JD Drake as an honorable mention, but like he means so much to promotion. I it, he's it's uh yeah, it's it's a good it's a good problem to have when you have all this talent and all these great things. And we're gonna get to more of that with tag team of the year. This is an interesting one. The competition, the main event, MSP, prestigious, and waves and curls. This is gonna be a very interesting one. Yeah, very tough one. Uh it's kind of interesting. Three of these teams also on the IWTV year end awards for tag team of the year. So uh shout out to MSP main event waves and curls, but uh, man, I mean, it's, it, you have to take uh, obviously the entire year into consideration. And you look at the start of the year. I mean, it was really hot for the competition in limitless wrestling, but I don't know. A tag team of the year, just like wrestler of the year, I think is going to be super tough. I, I think this year, and I was talking to, danger kid about this recently i think this year is really the year that the tag team division has felt the strongest in a long time if not ever you know it's been so many uh and and even teams who aren't on this list i mean who we're just starting to see grow in limitless wrestling right now like the unit art and, and there's a few others that didn't make the list as well but uh it just feels like an awesome division right now a really competitive division and i'm excited to see who comes out the winner 
All right, let's go to match of the year. I get my notes there. Where are they go? There they are. Uh, sorry, let's actually let's go to breakout star. So breakout star. Before we start, how would you how for fans kind of wondering what is it what does it mean to you to be a breakout star? Um, so I think breakout star to me is someone who, and I, I look at Christian Casanova a couple years ago as a good example, someone who maybe they have been around the world of limitless wrestling for a while. Maybe they're super new on the scene, but regardless, uh, it's kind of their star making year. Uh, when you feel someone really start to gain steam, gain momentum and, uh, kind of start to break out amongst the rest of the roster. I think that's what a breakout star is. And really with these categories, I mean, it was a it was a poll of a lot of people behind the scenes of Limitless Wrestling and a lot of people close to Limitless Wrestling to see what their, you know, candidates would look like for different categories like this. So we kind of took uh, the the average of the bunch, and that's who made these five or six candidates for each category. And this one, I, I think, really speaks volumes of, uh, the road in particular, because a lot of these wrestlers really started on the road and kind of grew uh, not only in the ring, but to our fan base from that series. So I think we're starting to see the fruits of their labor and uh, the work that they put in start to pay off, especially uh, all listed in this category right here. So your five candidates are Ava Everett, Becca, Big Beef, Rip Bison, and Love Doug. Unbelievable breakout star, but he's Look, he I, arguably I think one of the most popular uh, wrestlers on the roster, and he's uh, people people love him. He loves him back, and to see where he kind of started on the road to where he ended up, and his path was uh, was one of the fun uh, fun storylines of the year. I think. I think so as well, and certainly like uh, just I think unexpected, like even from his standpoint, like I, I don't think that he expected to get uh, no pun intended the love that he did. Uh, when we finally got to live events, because he was someone who never competed in front of a limitless audience to that point, which is uh, pretty bizarre to think about. Actually, there was a lot of wrestlers on those first couple shows when we came back who had never competed in front of a limitless audience. So uh, I think that took him by surprise. And I, I think it was awesome to see him ride that wave of momentum, especially into September with that art canvas death match with Ava Everett, a really special time. And if you, if you look at all these talents, they've, essentially like changed their characters somewhat or tweaked it. I mean, look at big beef. He was booed at the beginning of this calendar year in a, in a lot of ways, uh, or when the event started and he turned into a baby face at the end, people loved him. Uh, Rip Bison. We talked about him ad nauseum with, he was Tomahawk and then has completely changed everything around. And his career has taken a, a big turn up as a result. Ava Everett trying to figure out her thing uh, and back. I mean, all these, it's interesting that they they become these breakout stars and candidates for this because they've tweaked the character, try to figure out what works, and people are responding to them. It's great. Most hated. We have six candidates in this category. Uh, a few we've mentioned already. Uh, Ava Everett, of course. Brad Cashew, no doubter. Charles Mason, a no doubter. Eric Johnson, interesting inclusion on this list. JT Dunn, as always, because he's despicable. And then Prestigious, the trio. And I assume that we kind of put Alba in this group, right? Because he is... He is definitely most hated. <laughs> yeah, maybe when I put this on there, I'll just put John Alvin. I'll save prestigious <laughs> the uh, the name knock there because I think I think John's going to take this category. I'm going to be real, but I don't know. It's a very tough category. I think Eric Johnson has to be included because, um, especially like his run through the road and his run-ins with Ethan Scott. No, I think Johnson has to be included. I think there's no doubt that. Uh, Charles Mason, Brad Cashew, Ava Ever. I mean, I've looked down this entire list. I could vote for every one of them two times over. So, mm. show of the year. This was a hard one too, which is the indication of a great year. Uh, and this is interesting year, as we've talked about that. You know, you didn't return to live fans until what June. So it's it, but you had other great events before that. Um, all these events happen to come after that. Patience is a virtue, June, undeniable July, uh, the Vacation Land Cup 2021 in August, Euphoria in September, Dancing on Thin Ice in October, and then Prize Possession in November. This is a, a good list. And these are all, uh, again, all ones that had fans in attendance. Was there, um, did the fan to you, I mean, that was kind of the big difference was actually having fans there to react? Honestly, like when I was polling people for a candidate list, I hardly got a closed taping special. And I think I think there is something that you kind of lose with those now that live events are back, because obviously the environment, the vibe of the show is a lot different. Having fans there changes things completely. And I, I also think, you know, there's always going to be a recency bias with 
um, things that you've seen recently compared to what you watched at the beginning of the year. Because as we get into moment of the year and match of the year, I was reminded of, you know, a few in the closed taping era that honestly slip your mind a little easier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of wrestling this year. So uh, <laughs> su- surprisingly, so um, I- I'm grateful for that. But it was uh, it was cool. I mean, it was a cool part of this whole process was going back and realizing like how much has been done this year. And uh, I think there was a lot of love, especially for the shows. When we first got back, a lot of people had love for the, the, the first show back patience is a virtue, especially the uh, mystery vortex kind of concept with it. Uh, A lot of love for our November show as well, where Alec price won the title. So uh, I'm, I'm super interested to see what people choose. Yeah. um, Yeah. What quite a list. This is really good. Oh, I know I was going to ask do you, do you think you'll ever do another one of those uh, mystery vortex style shows again? I do. Um, I just, I don't really know if it's going to be something that we do like on a yearly basis necessarily, but uh, I love the concept for it. It was a lot of fun to do. And I think it really creates a special atmosphere that you can't always get with a wrestling show out of something like that. So I would like to do it again. Gotcha. Let's go to a moment of the year. And these were, uh, there was a lot of great moments. Uh, this was one of my favorites, Christian Casanova, his send off um, at double vision in March. We had uh, Anthony Green's surprise return at Den- undeniable in July team Davian sending John Alva packing for the rest of the year from euphoria in September. Uh, that was great. Obviously dirty dangos first WWE uh, post WWE appearance rather also at euphoria in September. And then Alec Price winning the Limitless Wrestling World Championship at Prize Possession in November. I this I keep saying this. These categories, these are so hard to pick. There's so many great moments. Uh, the in, in the one that was from the closed taping era was the Casanova sendoff. This was after that. Uh, to me, one of the match of the year uh, candidates uh, against Danny Garcia when Garcia won the Limitless Wrestling title. And after the match, fan the the, the crew wrestlers. Patting the ring, saying Casanova off as he was about to uh, head to uh, sunny Florida uh, for NXT and in his new uh, wrestling life, so to speak. That was a great moment. The surprise. I mean, these are these are all good. And I think, uh, you know, so it's moments that you remember, obviously, the great matches and things like that. But all of these things, you can kind of remember where you are, the feeling if you were there. And uh, it's it's a shame that the Casanova sendoff couldn't be in front of actual fans. But the fact that the rest of these were, that's a uh, that's that's a good feather in the cap. Yeah, I'm always interested at how uh, a lot of the stuff from the closed taping era kind of translated, but a lot of people did mention the Christian Casanova send-off as something special, and it felt special, especially in the moment and watching it back. I watched it uh, over this week, actually, like when putting this list together, and a uh, really special moment there. And a lot of these are just awesome to witness, especially if you were there live in the crowd. I think they sit a lot differently with you. I mean, the AG comeback was very emotional for everyone who is there. Uh, the Dango one really caught a lot of people off guard, and now he's become kind of a uh, fixture of Limitless Wrestling moving forward. Uh, the Davy N send-off to John Alba for the rest of the year. I don't know anything that was much sweeter than that. Uh, and, of course, Alec winning the championship. Uh, everybody was on their feet, blew the roof off the place, and just – uh, kind of crazy from where Alec Price was at the beginning of the year to seeing that culminate for him in November. So um, just uh, and a lot of awesome moments that we could not include, too. So um, it's a bummer that it has to be somewhat tight, but uh, yeah. we, we kept it to five on this one. And I think we picked a good five. You did one that I had uh, I given to you that I think you I think you probably had to be there live to really feel it was the Becca Charles Mason match. And when she hit the uh, the shooting star press, that was just an an awesome, fun match that the crowd just basically took from one level and just brought up the other, especially after you started bleeding. And that was uh, that was a moment. Uh, That was one of the the, the fun moments I remember the year kind of returning to life. Yeah, I think I think that was the first 450. 450 that's what it was yeah and she was but like i was uh i was very worried that you know she was gonna need some medical attention i thought she may have broken her nose i it was tough to tell and there was uh there's no communication really at that time so um yeah but no that was that was an insane moment i think it really made becca i think it really made her in front of the limitless audience because she had only she'd only had that one matchup with ava before that so uh, i think she really needed something like that uh, a match like that, a strong showing against Charles Mason, and uh, who knew it would be that crazy? It was a, yeah, that was like a euphoric moment to witness. It was, yeah, that was a really fun, uh, fun match. Let's go to uh, another tough category: match of the year. Uh, all types of things here. Uh, 
memories, moments, matches, everything. Christian Casanova versus Daniel Garcia for the Limitless Wrestling World title from March's Double Vision. We had Becca versus Davian from June's Fortune Favors the Bold. Daniel Garcia defending the Limitless Wrestling World title against J.D. Drake as part of the Vacation Land Cup in August. The Workhorseman versus MSP2 in from Euphoria in September. Kevin Blackwood versus Jake Something from Prize Possession in November. And also Alec Price uh, winning the Limitless Wrestling World title from two-time champion Anthony Green at Prize Possession in November. A lot of candidates here. This is, uh, again, signal of a good year. Yeah, this was the toughest to break down because uh, there were just so many matches, so many different ones that were nominated by different people. I think there were uh, something of the sort of like 30-something matches that were suggested at one point or another. But uh, we broke it down to these options. I think these are uh, some of the best options, and uh, there may be another one added by the time that uh, we actually drop the poll out there. So uh, just buckle up because you got some decisions to make, folks. Yep. A couple ones I had uh, made mention of Alec Price versus Chris Bay from Price You Pay. I thought that was great. The Becca versus Charles Mason match. I thought the fans just made that match. I was talking about that a minute ago. And also going back to the uh, the taped era, uh, closed taping era, Danny Garcia versus Lee Moriarty, a submission match from Suffer No Fools. And I think this, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking we're going to see this same match in AEW one day and then kind of remember back to uh, the submission match because this is something you hadn't had, I believe, in Limitless before. It was closed taping, so obviously there's a, a bigger challenge there. But this was this was it was it was different. It was fun. It was good. It was uh, yeah. It was it was a really great match. And again, when you when it's the uh, uh, you know fourth or fifth best Daniel Garcia match maybe of the year, the calendar year in Limitless, that's a that's a great run. Yeah, and a, a testament to Garcia because he had almost every match he competed in this year was nominated. So. That's that says a lot about a competitor. It does. Uh, and then finally, I'll, I'll kick it over to you for this award. The uh, I believe I'm pronouncing the last name right. Joey Gleitz Workhouse Workhorse Award. You want to go into this? Yeah, the Joey Gleitz Workhorse Gleitz. Award. Um, pretty close. He he got called Gleitz a lot, and he'd laugh <laughs> at it. Um, Joey obviously is the uh, former referee for Limitless Wrestling. Unfortunately, passed away uh, within the pandemic, um, and he was a workhorse i think he fully embodied what it meant to be a workhorse and i don't mean workhorse men i mean uh someone who is super dependable reliable hardworking, and could do literally whatever you needed at any time and uh you know he'd bitch about it along the way but he was he was just awesome an awesome dude to have around the locker room and uh just someone who could literally pull off any task that was needed during a wrestling show and uh we wanted to put this award out there, and this is something that's not going to be open for fan voting, but we did want to tell you about it. It's going to be something that we talk to a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of the crew members, a lot of the people in the inner workings of Limitless Wrestling, and uh, we're going to let them nominate uh, who they'd like to get this award this year. And it's just going to be recognition for uh, you know hard work done, especially in such a weird year like 2021. We really had to uh, do a lot of different things this year and uh, to try to manage and to try to get through and keep the wheels moving. And uh, there's a lot of people who deserve recognition behind the scenes who don't always get it. And uh, I think it takes too long sometimes for people to get their flowers, especially in wrestling, uh, especially if you work behind the scenes in like a uh, crew capacity. So I think this is going to be something that we can do that uh, gives some recognition to someone once a year for some hard work done that sometimes people don't always see. So uh, that'll be a part of our special as well uh, on episode 100. Great. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's often the, the behind-the-scenes people that make what's possible out there. And I think spreading around the wealth in terms of recognition is uh, goes a long way. I will uh, tell you that from having worked in pro sports a lot. Um, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, lot of talented people, so that's a good thing. Glad to hear that. Uh, boy, that was quite an episode, Randy. And I know that uh, obviously people can follow uh, social media, uh, LW Main on Twitter, Limitless Wrestling on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, nearing that million subscriber mark, 350 million views plus, something like that. It's uh, it's a good time to be a Limitless fan. And let's, uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there's January 1st, there's the price you pay. You can watch an IWTV. There's uh, buy your tickets for uh, the return to Yarmouth. I mean, what what else is there? I don't think there's anything else. I just want to uh, I want to tell everybody thank you for supporting Limitless. Obviously, thanks for uh, bringing us through this year, uh, a weird year, but our return to live events it's been it's been awesome. And uh, I hope everybody, uh, whatever you celebrate, has a happy holiday. And 
Uh, we'll be back with you. We get a special episode 100 coming. I think we're going to try to get a few guests on here. Um, at that point, we're going to have the year-end awards concluded. So as you heard, we ran through the categories. There may be a few extra candidates in there. So uh, if your favorite's not on there yet, don't fret. Um, we're going to put that online later this week and voting will be available probably for about a week. You, we usually leave it up for about a week's time. So when that drops, get your votes in limitlesswrestling.com and we'll see you on episode 100. That's right. And remember, go to IWTV.com to vote for your favorite Limitless Wrestler in their uh, year in awards as well. You can go to voiceofwrestling.com actually, and check out a story that uh, was posted there. They're doing kind of their look back at some of the best of and like a four-year consideration category. And they did one on Danny Garcia versus JD Drake from Limitless. And actually had a lot of, a lot of great things to say about the promotion. It's always kind of cool to see that outside the limitless sphere and see other, other uh, publications pick that up. So I thought that was cool to read today and uh, yeah, have a, have a great holiday. Be safe. Do not drink and drive people. Uber call friends, stay at home. Just, it's not worth it. Just, just be smart and do that. If, if uh, you listen to anything on the show uh, take away, do that. Um, have a great holiday season, Randy. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time for episode 100.